0: God's got the good things for us, amen. Did you come expecting to receive today? Then uh, repeat after me. Say, I, came I came expecting to receive, I came to receive all that God has for me. Has. And not only do I expect to receive, I, I, will, receive. I will receive. And I'll not leave God, I the, same I the same way that I came. Amen, hallelujah. Well, um, we'll get started right in the word. Uh, how, many you, how many of you believe that, that God... He has a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. Everybody believe that? Everybody got their hand raised? I mean, God's got a plan for everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many times you may have started and failed and stopped and started again. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. And he intends for us to follow that plan and purpose that he has for our lives. Amen. Everybody agree with that? And if you don't agree with it, well, I've got scripture to back it up. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the... uh, it's out of the NIV. It reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. So right there, you can see that the Lord has a plan for our life. And he has good plans. He said he has plans to prosper, not to harm us. And that insurance companies, you know, when the destruction comes and disaster comes, they say, an act of God, that blows that right out of the water because it's not an act of God. God does not send bad things to us. He doesn't send disaster our way. He doesn't want to harm us, but he wants to give us a hope and a future. And uh, the Message Bible, it reads, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not to abandon you, plans to give you the future that you hope for. So in that scripture there, he says, God knows what he's doing. How many of you know God's been in the planning business for a long time? I mean, he knows, he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you, where you need to be. He knows all things about us. But sometimes we, can, we tend to think that we know a little bit more than God sometimes. You know, we don't quite follow his plan all the way. And when you don't follow a plan like any good plan that somebody has or God has, it has to be followed in order to get the results that we want. Amen? But sometimes... Well, it's like a blueprint on a house, okay? You've got this blueprint for this house that's being built. It's got exact measurements for the room, exact this, exact that. And if you don't follow that plan, if you don't go along with the plan, the blueprint, then you find out that the measurements are going to be wrong. Maybe the house is going to be out of square, and that's no good. But sometimes when we don't follow God's plan to the T the way he has, has for us, we find ourselves maybe being out of measurement or out of square too, maybe being at the wrong place at the wrong time being in situations or circumstances that we don't even need to be in because we're not following God's plan. Amen? And to follow God's plan, all we we need to do is, there are several things, and most of us know them, is uh, we need to follow the instructions in the Bible here that God has for us. And we do that by learning the Word, and that's what we're coming today, to hear the Word and learn it, praying according to His Word, Walking in the light of the word that we know. So when, you, when the word is revealed to you, when the truth has come to you, to walk in that truth and walk out that word. To be hearers and doers of the word. To speak the word. Meditate in the word. And to seek God's guidance and direction through his word for our lives. And to be led by the spirit of God. And as we do these things, we find ourselves following God's plan. We find ourselves walking in the plan he asked for us, through his word, because that's how he guides us, through his word. That's how we get to know God, through his word, through what he has in here for us. As we meditate, as we learn it, as we pray, and we walk according to that, we find out we, we can know God, we can fellowship with God, we can talk with him, walk with him, and follow his plan, if we'll listen and let him direct our lives. Amen? But as we do that, sometimes we get to thinking about, you know, thinking, well, life is good. You know, you feel good, you got plenty of money, things are going good, and you're thinking, man, you know what, I've been, I've been doing this, I've been praying, I've been studying, I've been meditating, and I, I'm spending a lot of time doing it, and, but everything's going good right now. So, I, you know, sometimes you get to thinking, well, I don't know, you know, maybe I can slack up a little bit. Maybe I can take a little vacation from doing this. And so you quit doing it as much as you, as you did. And you do, you take a vacation. You know, you think, man, I got it going on. You know, you're walking around, everything's going good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, man, nothing's coming your way. You know, everything just gets out of your way, and you're walking that path. It's it's just you're glorifying God and everything. I mean, everything's going good. And so you think, well, maybe we can slack up a little bit. You know how it is sometimes when you get a victory on something. you, uh, You think, man, I can rest a little bit now. But no, the thing to do is once you get a victory, once you see things going this way, you need to keep it going that way. You don't need to let up. You don't need to let... You don't need to take time to, to uh, take a vacation from the word. And that's what we do sometimes. We get, we get the feeling good. We get the feeling like, yeah, everything's going good. It's just, it's just great. And we, we slack up a little bit. So we take a vacation from studying. We take a vacation from praying. We take a vacation from meditating. You know, uh, you say, man, I got stuff to do. I got things to do. I, I'm busy. I got this to do. You know, life gets busy. Life gets hectic. And we f- focus more on the things we need to do instead of the more on uh, things of God, and we find ourselves not studying, not praying, not meditating, not doing the things of God as often as we should. And when we do that, um, you know, we get to thinking sometimes, you know, I got to figure it out here. I know what I'm doing, I know, I know what, what I need to be doing, I know the plan I need to be following, and the, and the walk I need to be walking. We know we, and we start doing our own thing. Proverbs sixteen twenty five says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And I you know and, it, and in some cases, it could be physical death, but a lot of times it's just it's just not going the way God wants you to go, and getting away from God, not following His plan to the T, and getting way out there somewhere in left field where you don't need to be. And like I said a while ago, experiencing circumstances, experiencing things that uh you shouldn't be experiencing because you can, you start neglecting the things of God. you start thinking, "I know what I'm doing, I know what I need to be doing, I've got this figured out, yeah." I, I can, and we get to thinking, not that we know so much more than God, but we're going to we're going to try to help God out. You know, here a couple of weeks ago, and this is what happens when we get to this point. We start thinking, we know what, what we're doing, you know, we get kind of lackadaisical and get kind of lazy. Here a couple of weeks ago, we had a storm that hit, and uh, the wind blew hard, it blew about 70 miles an hour. Well, I, I woke up that morning, Rita woke up, my wife over here, she woke up, and, uh, I woke up when the storm hit, and normally I don't, I don't wake up things like that. I sleep right through them. I, you know, I think, you know, why do I need to be up watching this when the Lord's watching it, you know? You know, because the word says, he who watches over Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers, so he's going to take care of it, you know? But, but I woke up, and when I woke up, we got a tree, a big tree right by our bedroom window. And I kept thinking about a tree falling. I, I, I kept thinking that, and I thought, ah, that's just the old enemy, you know, that's, that's, that's nothing. But then I got to thinking about it a little bit, and I thought, man, what if that thing did fall in the house? It ball right in our bedroom, you know. But I, I disregarded it. I was tired. I was lazy. I was sleepy. And uh, I went back to sleep. Well, I got up that morning. It was a Sunday. It was Saturday night, Sunday morning. I got up to go to church, and uh, I looked. My daughter lives east of us. and I looked down toward her house, and I noticed a tree down, okay? And I, when I looked down there, I've got some calves down there, some heifers down there. And when I looked down there, I noticed something white laying under the tree. And I thought, surely not. Surely that's not one of those heifers down there. And I I thought, well, I better get dressed and go down there. Well, I had called Pastor Ken and told him that I might not make it. I might be running late because I need to go down there and check this out. Well, I started to go down there. I looked down there, and I seen a heifer struggling to get up out of that tree. The tree had fell on her. And I didn't think so much about it then. But anyway, we end up missing church. We uh, end up having to put the heifer down. And, you know, things just didn't work out. Good. Not, I mean, I, you know, I know it was the enemy that did it, and I've already claimed seven times over. You know, the heifer or the value of the heifer. I've already because when the, the word says when the enemy's found out, you can claim seven times over. That's what I did. But my point is this right here. I was a little lazy that morning. Well, I got to thinking about that. I thought, you know what? I was thinking about that tree falling, but I was thinking of this tree here. But if I had taken time, maybe stayed up a little bit longer to pray in the spirit about that. It probably wouldn't have happened the way it happened. And I'm not saying that, you know, did the Lord know that tree was going to fall? Yes, he did. He knew what was going to happen. And I believe that if I have paid more attention to what he was trying to tell me, if I would had prayed it out in the Spirit a little bit more and just prayed about it and meditated on it, that I could have prayed in the Spirit and probably stopped that thing, maybe not stopped the tree from falling, but the heifers might not have been there under the tree at that time. But what did I do? I was thinking, man, I'm tired. I wanted to go back to sleep. I hadn't got much sleep that weekend, and I just neglected it, and then it cost me, you know, because I didn't pay attention, and I, and I believe that's what happened, but I'm sharing that with you because that's what happens in our lives sometimes. We, we, uh, the Lord tries to let us know about things. You know, we've been meditating and praying, and, and he tries to show us things, but yet we neglect them because, ah, you know, that's nothing. Oh, I'm tired. I want to go back to sleep. You know, the other day, I was, I was going to work, and, uh, I work at the railroad. Anyway, what we do there, we uh, switch cars, we build trains. I'm not going to go into it in a lot of detail. But I'll, every day when I go to work, I always pray. And I always tell the Lord, you know, He's the one that come up with the ideas of trains, of tracks. He was not to give men these ideas of switching these cars, building these trains. And He knows exactly, exactly what we need to do. He knows exactly the way it needs to be done. He can show you the easiest, the quickest, the simplest way to do these things. And the safest way. And I was, as I was doing that, the Scripture come up in me, and I think it's John sixteen thirteen, where it says, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, that he will guide you into all truth. And he'll not speak of himself, but only what he hears, and he'll show you things to come. And I got to thinking about that. I thought, you know what? The very life of God, the very Spirit of God lives within us, and he wants to show us the truth in all things. And he wants to guide us, and he wants to direct us, and he wants to speak according to what he hears from the Father, according to the Word and show us of things to come. Show us of things to come, to maybe to bless us in some areas, and show us things to come to stop things from happening in some areas. Amen? But we have to pay attention to these things. And that's why Proverbs 16, 25, you know, it says, there's, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And sometimes when you've been praying and studying and, and spending a lot of time in the Word, you know, and things are going good, you kind of get lax a little bit. And you think, man, everything's going good. I don't have to spend as much time in this. You know, I can... I can relax. I can, I can kick back. You know, I can watch a little TV. I can sleep later. I can sleep longer. And, uh, and we'd start doing these things. You know, we think we got it all figured out. We know what's best. We, we think we're, uh, you know, we think we're following God's plan, but actually we're not. We're following our own plans. We're doing our own thing. And that'll lead you farther away from God. And you'll get lackadaisical and lazy and quit doing the things that you know you need to do in order to follow God's plan to the fullest. And what I want to say is, you know, it's uh, this is, the title of my message is Micromanaging God's Plan. Micromanaging. You know what micromanaging is. You know, somebody's doing a job. They've been doing it for years. And you have somebody that come in that's went to college maybe for two or three years, hadn't ever had a lick of uh, hands-on experience, but they, they've got all this book learning. And they come in, they want to try to tell somebody that's been doing the same job for 20, 30 years how they need to do it. And that's what micromanaging is. It's kind of like Jack there. Uh, working on transmissions. You've been working on them for a long time. You know the ins and outs of transmissions. You've got all the, you study up on all the latest and greatest on all these new transmissions. You can work on them. And somebody like me comes in there. And I have went to school for four years learning to work on transmissions. I come in there and tell Jack, that's not how you ought to be doing that. You need to be doing it this way. He's probably going to tell me, either sit down over and shut up or hit the door, you know. Get out of here. Because he knows what he's doing. And that's what happens when we we try to micromanage God's plan. We try to inject our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own reason in there when when God has a better way of doing things. And the things that happen when we do that, I've got five different things wrote down here from the word micro. You can you can write a line, you can write a cross, however how you want to do it. The first letter in the word micro was M, and it stands for murmuring. The next one is I, and it, it stands for irritable, or being irritated. The next one is C, and this stands for being comfortable. And the next one is R, and it's rebellious. And the O stands for overriding. Now, when we start micromanaging God's plan and start doing things our own way and going along to our own plans according to our own ideas, you know, we we find ourselves in situations where we don't need to be, circumstances where we wouldn't normally have to deal with, but because we're doing our own thing, thinking we know everything, we're being lax, we're taking a vacation from the Word, we find ourselves in situations where we don't need to be. And one of the things is, is you start, you can start murmuring, complaining, you know, murmuring. I know it works sometimes. We'll go to work, and, and I, I, use, I go with a good attitude, I go with a positive attitude, and I think, man, you know, sometimes there's a lot to do, and you think, this is going to be easy, it's going to be easy, you know, it'll be good night and, and the some of the, the people I work with, man, what are you, crazy? Are you looking at this right or what? Am I looking at this wrong? This is not going to be easy. And when you find yourself not, not standing in a word like you should, and maybe it's not often as you should, you begin to listen to what they say. And, I'll, and I don't know why it happens that way, but I'll, I'll be darned if you don't start lining up and, and going what they're saying. You start murmuring with them, complaining with them. Yeah, this ain't going to be easy. This stinks. Man, I should have laid off tonight, you know, and shouldn't have came in because this is going to take us forever. And you start complaining. And, and, you know, the more you complain, the more you murmur, the more you look at something, the bigger it gets. You know, the, a situation or a problem, the more you focus on it, the bigger it gets. You can make it bigger just by what we're doing here, murmuring and complaining. And uh, like I said, we, if we find ourselves joining in with them. And what it ought to be like is we ought to be influencing them. We ought to be so prayed up and so in the Word that when they start talking their negativism and start talking against the Word, we ought to come back with, you know, something with a word or in line with the word, talking, not, not start agreeing and, and joining in with them. Amen? You all agree with that? I mean, it's not good for you because and it makes you look at things in a different way instead of the way God looks at them. You look at things through the world, and it, and it does look bad, and it does look terrible, and you do think, man, this is bad, you know? And the next one is irritable, being irritated. The more you murmur, the more you complain, then you find yourself getting irritated over things. You think, man, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why not somebody else? Why me? Them people, they never they never go through this. That never happens to them. This always happens to me. Why me? And you get irritated, and you start doing things at home. Maybe you, you and your spouse, you know, you're trying to work on something. The next thing you know, you're, Rah! you know, you're fighting and, and bickering and, and at one another, you know, like a couple little chihuahuas, you know, just barking and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it works. You get irritated, and you, uh, you want to be mad, and you don't walk in love, you know, and you don't, you're not doing, uh, you take offense easily. Somebody says something to you, what do you mean by that, you know? Why do you say that for? Well, I'll have you know that, you know, and you start, and you get in an argument and stuff, and you're not walking in love. And we need to always walk in love because when we walk in the love of God, that's what draws people to us because out there in the world, they don't have a whole lot of love. They don't have a whole lot of goodness. They have a lot of, you know, like I'm talking about here, murmuring, people being irritated, people being hard to get along with. But when they see somebody come and walk in the love of God, it's refreshing to them, and it draws them. And you, when they draw, when you draw them to you, then you can minister the Word of God. I was reading on uh, YouTube about a man that went to a church. I forget where it was at, it, you know. But anyway, he was an old farmer, had an old old cowboy hat. He went into church with his old. Uh, Levi jacket and his jeans, dirty looking, you know. And, and you know, it, you could tell he'd been working. Well, he went in this church. It was a pretty well-to-do church. Had a lot of fancy things in there. People were dressed real nice, real fancy and everything. And uh, when he went in there, nobody greeted him. Nobody talked to him. When he sat down by people, they, they slid away from him, you know, because of the way he was dressed, he was dirty and everything. They, they're well-to-do and, you know, uppity, uptown. They didn't have anything to do with him. Well, he sat through the service and when he left, the pastor, he said, uh, caught him at the door and said, You know, uh, maybe the next time you come come here, you know, you might ought to talk to God about proper attire to wear here, you know, proper clothes. You may, may look a little better before you come back. He said, Okay, I'll do that. So a couple of weeks later, he goes back. Same cowboy hat, same Levi jacket, same pants. Looks like he's been working, you know. And uh set to the service, and when he left, started to leave, the pastor said, "Hey, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. said I thought I told you to talk to God about proper attire before you came back. He said, "Well, I did. He said, "Well, what did he say?" He goes, Well, he didn't really know because he said he'd never been here, you know I mean <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's why we need to walk in love and 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 you, that love carries not only in here but outside these walls I mean, you know God didn't know what to tell him because he'd never been there. You know, the love of God just wasn't there. You know, you don't treat people that way. And when you get uh, find yourself being irritable and stuff like that, then you, you don't treat people right. You treat them wrongly. You don't treat them the way God wants you to treat them. Amen? You don't walk in that love, and that's what we need to do. We need to maintain that, that love attitude and that love walk, not only for ourselves but for our families, for those around us and people we work with because that's what draws them in. And uh, the next one is, being comfortable, being complacent. Um, You find yourself satisfied with what you're doing. You find yourself comfortable. Well, I'll just go to church and I'll just sit there. I don't have to do anything. I can sit on that pew and and just enjoy the Word and enjoy the atmosphere, and I can get up and leave and go home and eat lunch and do whatever I want to do. And just I don't have to try to do anything else. You don't, uh, you're satisfied. You're not wanting to advance or uh, go ahead. You keep doing the same old thing the way you've been doing it, the way you've been doing it for years. And how many of you know if you keep doing the same old thing the way you've been doing it for years, you keep getting the same old results, amen? I want better results. How many of you want better results in your life? I do. I want better things. I want good things. I want to follow God's plan to the T. And uh, when you become comfortable like that, you'd be like an old stagnant pond. How many of you seen these ponds where, like in the summertime, we don't get much rain. There's no new water coming in. And you look at the top of these ponds, it's green, it's brown, it's all yuck looking. You don't even want your cows to drink out of it, you know, but there's no news, no water coming in, and it's just sitting there, it's not moving. And that's what that's what we become sometimes, when we, when we just sit there, we don't want to do the things God has asked for us to do, and each and every one of us can do something. I mean, you can do something at church, you can do something outside these walls, you can minister to people. I mean, it don't take, you know, it don't take rocket science to come in here maybe and And use a broom or a vacuum cleaner or or do something for the Lord, you know, and try to uh, move up to the next level. Because that's what God wants to do. I mean, you can start with God right where you're at today. Like I said before, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many times you might have missed it. I don't care how many times you failed in trying to follow God's plan. You can take today, you can take this message here today and start anew today and follow God's plan. I don't care what situation you're facing, what circumstance you're facing. God has got an answer. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for your life. And when you fulfill and follow that plan and purpose that God has for your life, he'll take you places that you've never thought about being. He'll cause you to ride the high life, not this low life that we live here in this, in this world when we follow the world. But when we follow God, he'll bring us up to another level, a higher level, a higher plateau, where we can see further our vision will grow. Amen? And, but that's what God wants us to do. And when, we, when we become comfortable and just want to sit there and do the same old thing, then we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on all the things that God has for us, all the good things God has for us, just because we won't step out and go to another level. And that's what it takes. Sometimes you have to step out. Sometimes, you, you know, you're scared to step out. But you know what? God didn't give us a spirit of fear without a power love and of a sound mind. The other day I was driving in a truck, and something came on my mind It was coming against me, and it kind of kind of put a, a spirit of fear on me for a minute. And I started praying, you know, and, and, I, and I started confessing that word, God did not give me a spirit of fear but that of power, love, and of a sound mind, and as I was saying that, I mean, it was one of those aha moments, you know, and I mean, I'll, I'll confess that scripture and say it over and over, but it just dawned on me right then that God does not give you the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear comes from the enemy. God is not placing fear on you. He's not placing that on you to stop you from doing things you that you know he wants you to do. You just need to step out and follow him and and, that, and if you do it scared, then you'll overcome that, and you won't be scared anymore. Amen? But God's not the one giving you a spirit of fear. It's said from the old enemy, because the enemy knows that if we step out and we follow God's plan and run the race, the purpose he has for our lives, there's no telling what we can do. There's no telling who we'll reach. There's no telling who we'll affect by following the plan of God for our lives. Amen? So if you're sitting there and you're comfortable today, you need to get uncomfortable. You need to step out and do what God wants you to do. I, you know, I, like I said, it may not be easy. maybe may be a little uneasy. But I promise you, once you do it, you'll be glad you did. Rebellious is the next one. Rebellious is like this here. I'll do it, but I don't like it, you know. How many times do we do that at home sometimes with our spouses? You know, hey, would you do this for me? Oh, yeah, I'll do it, but I, if I have to, I'll do it. I really don't want to, but, but I'll do it. Well, you just, right there, you just kind of blew everything out of the water because now there's no, uh, there's no meaning to it now because you're just doing it because out of obligation or whatever. You know, there's no love there. There's no, there's no generosity there. And, uh, you know, you hear some people say, Well, you know what? Bible or no Bible, that's the way I'm doing it. By golly, that's the way I'm doing it. That's the way I was taught. And that's the way I'm going to do it. That's how the Pharisees and the Sadducees were when Jesus was around. Everything that Jesus said, they, they kind of went against because of the religious tradition. And that's why they were so sad, you see. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we get a little rebellious and we don't, we don't want to do things. You know, you'd be thinking, they want me to do what at that church? They want me to do this? They want me to do that? Well, I'm not doing that. Well, I might do it, but I guarantee you I won't like doing it, you know. The word says be willing and obedient, and you'll eat the good of the land. Yeah, you're obedient, but you're not willing, you know. I mean, sometimes like uh, out here in the summertime, like mowing and weeding, like Will does. He, he mows and weedy out there sometime in the middle of the day, and it's hot out there. And I'm sure he would rather be doing something else. I'm sure there would be something more comfortable he'd rather be doing. But he's committed to do the things that God has asked him to do. And then one of those things is taking care of the church and taking care of the lawn. So he's out there mowing when it's hot, and sometimes he's by himself. You know? And I'm sure he has opportunity to think, why is somebody else not coming up here and doing some of this? Why do not I have help doing this? But yet, I know Will, he keeps a good attitude, and he does it willingly, willingly and out of obedience. And so, therefore, he's eating the good of the land because he's not rebellious about it. Amen? Amen. But anyway, being rebellious, you know, that's, that's no good because I think there's a scripture in the Bible that says rebellion is like, is like the uh, sin of witchcraft. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad, you know, when you rebel against God and, and don't do the things he wants you to do. And most of us, is, it's not really being uh, hard-hearted. It's just you're too lazy to do it. You don't want to do it. But it can lead to hard-heartedness if you continue to do it. And once you get there, that's not a good thing. Amen? Overriding. Overriding, the last one, oh, it says your way of doing things and thinking overrides everything God is trying to get across to you. Just like I gave you the illustration a while ago about the tree. He was trying to get across to me something, and I was tired. I wanted to sleep more, and I overrode what he was telling me, and it it cost. And when we do that, when we override, say, you know, well, I'm just not going to do that. Well, I don't want to do that. You know this is the way I think I need to go, and this is what I'm going to do. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care about this. I'm going to do it my way, and you override what God's trying to tell you. You override what the spirit of God's wanting to do. you override where He maybe wants you to be at a particular place at a particular time. you override you know the spirit of God trying to direct you and guide you in your life you know you've, you've heard of people I think one of hagan's Kenneth Hagan's books talks about a man that was a he was a minister, and him and his wife were getting ready to go somewhere. And he was in a hurry, but yet he had this kind of uneasiness feeling in him, you know, like the spirit of God was trying to tell him something, and what the Spirit of God was trying to tell him, he needed to wait a little bit before he left. but anyway, he got in a hurry, they got in the car, they backed out on the road, and the car hit him and I think it did some pretty serious damage to his wife and uh and it you know caused some damage to her and uh pain and and he, hospital bills and things like that tore their car up and and hit, later on he was talking about that, he thought, you know. I thought if I, just, if I just waited a little bit, I should have just waited a little bit. Sometimes we get in too big a hurry, and when we don't wait, when we get in a big hurry, and we jump out ahead of God, then like I said a while ago, things happen, circumstances happen, situations happen where we're not even supposed to be at. We confess around here being at the right place at the right time. But even though you're confessing that, if you don't listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you when He's trying to get you at the right place at the right time, you're not going to be there. We have to do our part. Amen? I mean, sometimes you'll be going down the road and you're going home the same old way and all of a sudden you just have this in here like, go this way. Well, the best thing I think for you to do is go that way. And don't question God. Don't say why. Don't just try to find out why. Just do it. And then you'll have a safe trip home and probably trying to avoid something that that could hinder you along the way if you went another way. I mean, God's always looking out for us in every situation, every circumstance, He is always looking out for us, and he's always there to move on our behalf. It says we have to follow him, and we don't want to override his plan. We don't want to override what he's trying to tell us to do. And uh, because when we do that, then things don't go right. Amen? Okay. Those are the five things that can happen when we try to micromanage God's plan. And we find ourselves, you know, when we do that, we haven't been spending time in the Word as much as we should. We haven't been following God's plan as much as we should. And then, all of a sudden, we find ourselves being sidelined by something that, that we didn't expect to happen. And the reason is because we didn't keep ourselves built up, we didn't keep ourselves prepared. You know, we're not doing the things that we need to do to fully follow God's plan as often as we should. We're taking, we're we're, run, we're slacking, we're going on vacation, we went on vacation, and then after something comes out of the blue and sidelines you and and hits you, something you're not expecting, something, and it could be major, it may be minor, it may be just something, then you think, man, this vacation was costly. It's one we probably shouldn't have taken. And if we did take it, we stayed way too long on vacation. Amen? We should have got back quicker than what we did. But anyway, um, we need to keep ourselves built up. We need not to micromanage God's plan and think we know everything, think we're trying to help poor old God out. You can read all through the Bible where people have tried to help God out and see the mess they got themselves into. One in particular is, is Abraham or maybe David. You know, they were always trying to do something that, that they thought they ought to do and, and it ended up backfiring on them and end up costing in the long run. You know, the other day I was, uh, I was mowing, and usually when I get through mowing, I always take time to blow the grass off my mower deck so the next time it's ready to go but there's been a couple of times when I got kind of busy and thought I you know had other things to do I just put the mower up and that grass sit there and it got it got kind of damp and got kind of moldy and it caked together and it was hard to get off and it took more time for me to prepare to mow the next time and I was I was out there cleaning it one day blowing all that stuff off and I was thinking man this is taking a long time you know Ashley and Rita were wanting me to get the mower ready so they could mow And they're waiting on me, thinking, what's taking him so long, you know, and this and that. And so I was cleaning that off, and the Lord more or less told me, he said, you need to do this when you get done. You need to take care of when you get done. And I was thinking about it, he said, and that's the way Christians need to do. Once you get done with something, you need to prepare yourself for the next time. In other words, don't slack, don't relax, don't take a vacation from the Word. And there's nothing wrong with sitting around sometimes, you know, watching TV or, you know, going in here and doing that. But, but you know, i found out that in everyday life, you can you can spend time in the Word. You can, you can spend time with God. You can spend time with God mowing. You can spend time with God at work. You can spend time with God driving down the road. You don't have to necessarily, what I'm saying, is set aside an hour or two each day just to spend time with the Lord. You can do it on a daily basis in your everyday life. I'm not saying you shouldn't set, set aside some time for the Lord. You should. But... You can spend time with Him in your everyday life. And the more we do that, I mean, I was out there mowing yesterday and, and uh, pushed mowing a little bit, and I was praying and, and meditating in the Word and some things that you know, I wanted to share today and, and just worshiping the Lord. And, and I got plumb excited. I got so excited that usually I'm pretty aware of my surroundings when I'm out there mowing, and I was I was out there. <laughs> I quit mowing, and I was out there kind of praying to myself in my breath, and, and Ashley walked up behind me, and she said something, and I I I jumped probably this high, and it scared me, you know, and I thought, man, you got me. Usually they don't ever get me, but you can get so focused on the Lord while you're out doing things that, you know, your whole attention is on Him. But anyway, we need to keep ourselves built up and keep ourselves prepared for things that are coming, because things are going to come in life. Life's going to get hectic. Life's going to get busy. There's going to be things come, and when you find yourself not doing the things that God wants you to do, sometimes you leave a little... Uh, Cracking the armor, so to speak. And once that enemy sees that crack in that armor, he's going to move in every chance he gets. But he's going to try it anyway, whether you've got a crack in your armor or not. But if you don't have that crack there, you know, you can, you can speak the word, you can do the word, and, you know, like Jesus did, it is written, speak the word against the enemy, and he'll flee. You know, if we submit ourselves to God, you know, resist the devil, then he will flee from us. But we have to submit ourselves to God first, and that's doing his word and doing the things that... He has for us to do and follow his plan to the T. Okay. So now, now we find ourselves in a situation here where we haven't been studying, we hadn't been praying, we've been doing our own thing, we've been micromanaging God's plan. So now what? Now what? We uh we want to go draw nigh to God. The word says draw nigh to God. You no, know, get close to God. Don't run from God, because when you draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. God is always right there. It's us that move away sometimes with our actions, with our words, with the things we think about and do. We always want to run to God. Don't run away from God. Don't stay home from church when things happen. You know, sometimes we think, well, uh, I'll just stay home today. I'll recoup at home. That's not the thing to do. You need to run to God. Run to the the church to hear the word. You know, it's always amazing. I was thinking about this the other day. We wear ourselves out trying to get things done. At home or at work, we'll go without sleep, we'll go without food, we we'll go to extremes to try to get things done. But sometimes when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the things of God, we find that, uh, well, you know, I'm tired today. I need a little rest. I want to stay home this morning and sleep. This is my only day I get to sleep late. You know, and, and like, uh, for instance, coming to prayer, well, you had you be here at twenty at uh, 940, that's 20 to 10, and now you have to get up a little earlier. But I, I promise you, it's well worth the time spent. You know, you say, well, I, I, that's, that's early to get up. Well, you, you come to prayer, you get up early, you come to prayer, and you know not say, well, I have to get up early every day for my job. Well, if you come to prayer and you spend a little time in prayer and enter in, then you may find out that over a period of time, you'll land the job of your dreams, land the job that you really desire, simply because you've come, to, you've come and you've spent time in prayer and you've done what the Lord asked you to do, and you follow his plan amen, but if we we stay home and say, "Oh, just a little bit more sleep, you know that's why uh that's why we got Sunday afternoons <laughs> you know we can we can come to church and hear the word, and then you go home, you eat dinner, go home, and uh take a good nap, and then you feel rested and then and you know what while you're sleeping, everything you heard that morning from the word, your spirit is still working, trying to find avenues to get you to that point where, the, where what you have heard that morning, you know. This morning I got up and I was reading, and I was studying a little bit, and, and I got, I felt like this is what the Lord gave me this morning. Just, and some of you may, may not like it, but that was pretty good. You know, uh, they say, uh, what if we went to God on Sunday? What if you went to God on Sunday, and he said, you want me to do what? Do you realize this is my day of rest? You know? Do you not realize that? What if we went to God and, and he said that to us? Man, we'd be, we'd be floored. But yeah, we do it all the time. This is, this is Sunday morning. You want me to do what? You want me to get up? You want me to be there what time? Don't you understand that I need to sleep today? You know, I, I think uh, sometimes sleep is highly overrated. <laughs> I mean, just for me. I mean, I I know I need to get more sleep, but, you know, I think, you know, like getting up and coming to church and everything. And I used to be that way. I used to be, yeah, I'll I'll get up, and I'd say, man, I'm tired. I think I'll just go back to sleep. And I I wouldn't come. But I got to a point to where I know that, you know, the Word says not to forsake the assembly of yourselves together, because this is where God wants you to be When, when church is open. He wants you to be here. And I know there's times we have to miss. There's things that come up we have to miss. And that's, you know, emergencies and things like that. But for the norm, most of us, we get up and we feel tired, or we've been doing something all week, or we've got something to do Monday morning. Well, I think I'll just rest today so I can be uh, up and at them in the morning, like to go do whatever, go to work. You know, dear God, we ain't going to miss a day of work. We're not going to miss a day's pay. I don't care if you're, if you're sick or whatever. You're going to go to work regardless. But when it comes to church, and I mean if you're running a fever or something or something contagious, yeah, stay home. Don't bring it around to everybody. But if you got a little stomach ache or a little headache or something, why not come hear the word? Why not come receive what the God, what, what God has for you and receive that healing power from Jesus. You know, get somebody to lay hands on you, pray for you, speak the word yourself. You know, don't be lazy, don't be don't be lackadaisical. You know, it's not time. This is the time not to be lazy. This is the time to get in there and, and do what we need to do because you know, our days are numbered, the time is at hand. There's a lot of people out there that need to be reached, a lot of people that need to hear the word, a lot of people that need to see the good things of God. And this group right here, this group right here, I mean, you look around and see all the things we've done. We can do great things, if we'll just follow God's plan. Amen? Anyway, you've got to a point to where you, you know you need, to, you need to start doing better. You need to start doing more of the word. You need to get back in there. So, so what do you do? Jeremiah 29, uh, 12 and 13 in the uh, NIV, it says, Then you will call upon me and come to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. And he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him who diligently seek him. This word, this scripture here in Jeremiah says you will call to me and pray to me and he'll hear you. You know, the scripture says if we come according to his word that uh, we know that he hears us and we know if we know he hears us then we have the petitions that we ask. And when we seek him and find him and, and with all of our heart, that's when we will find the Lord. When we take time to find him, when we take time to spend time with him and diligently seek him, not not have... Uh, Hazardly seek him, not lackadaisically, but when we spend time in the word and honestly, wholeheartedly seek the Lord and what he has for us, then we'll find him. I remember one time I was looking for a a gun book at home. I was looking for it to find a price of a gun. And I could not, I knew I put it up somewhere. That's the thing about putting something up somewhere, you remember where it's at. (laughs) When you go back to find it, you think, where did I put it at, you know? You put it in a good place where where you're not even going to find it. But anyway, I was looking through the house for that. Man, I mean, I was, I was sweating. Probably the veins on my head were popping out. I was trying to find that thing so bad. I was looking here and looking there, and I finally found it. I think, oh, yeah, I found it. And as soon as I did, the, the Lord, sometimes he's just not, you know, he, he hits below the belt. He goes, if you look for me the way you look for that gun book, you'd be a lot further in life. <laughs> and I thought, yep, that's exactly right. And that's what he's saying this morning. If we'll, if we'll look to him the way we look for things in the world, the way we seek after things that we want, if we'll seek the Lord in the same way, you know, he'll see to it that we have things we need. He'll see to it that we have the blessing we need. And not only that, we'll be able to follow his plan and the purpose he has for our lives and run the race that's set before us. You know, we all have a race to run. You know, you, you take, uh, I'll tell you what, let's look at Hebrews 12 and 1. It's talking about a race that we all that we all have a race to run. We have one set before us to run. Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, Therefore, we are also, also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. First of all, this cloud of witnesses that we have are people that have already went to be with the Lord. It's like, it's kind of like the, the, uh, the Greek games, the Roman games, you know, you have this big stadium and people are sitting around and you're out there in the middle doing your thing and people are cheering you on and, and saying, come on, you can do it, you know, yeah, we're, both, we're rooting for you. That's what this great cloud of witnesses is, is as we run our race, our spiritual race with God. They're not necessarily concerned, they're not concerned about, you know, what kind of clothes you wear, if you got a new car, how much money you have. They're concerned more about the spiritual race, the spiritual run you do for God. And we all have... A race, the run. You know, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, and it says, "Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us." You know, you see these runners; they they've got skimpy clothes on. They don't have hardly anything to run in because they don't want anything to hinder them. They don't want anything slowing them down. They want to win that race. And like I was saying a while ago about micromanaging God's plan, that causes. Uh, weights to come on us, you know, to drag us down, sin to come on us, to drag us down. But when we, do, when we do what the Word says and we run the race that God has set before us and follow His plan, and we start, you know, spending more time in the Word and doing what the Word says and meditating in the Word, and we, we see these things that are, that are hindering us, and we can go to the Word and find out how do we get rid of these things? We know what do we need to do. And as you do that, these things fall off, and you can run your race better. You can run your race faster. You run a race quicker. It'll be more easy for you to run your race and to finish your race. We all want to finish our race. You don't want to get out there and get halfway through and just stop and say, you know, you give out, like you see someone, oh, oh, I am I'm give out, you know, I can't go any further. We don't want to be that way. We want to stay close to God. We want to stay refreshed to God so we can continue to run our race. Amen? There's a scripture in, in Psalms, I believe it's 42.1. I didn't have it wrote down, but it talks about as the deer uh pants for the rivers of water for water, you know, how the deer how deer run through the woods, you know, and they, they get hot and they're going <laughs> you know, they they're panting and everything and they long for that water. That's what we need to do for God. We need to long for God as that deer longs for that water. We need to be chasing after God, you know, just <laughs> I gotta have God, I gotta have what he has, I gotta have what he's what he has for me, you know, to keep us refreshed, and keep us sustained in life. Romans twelve one and two, it talks about, you know, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice sometimes. We have to tell our bodies what we're going to do. When you get up in the mornings and... You, and and you feel tired, you don't want to go to church, or you don't want to do, spend time with the Word, you have to make yourself do it sometimes. We all have to do that. We have to deal with our bodies. because If you don't deal with your bodies, your body will deal with you. It will tell you what to do. It'll tell it will tell you what it wants to do. But we have to take charge over our body and you know, say, Hey, listen here, we're going to spend time with the Word. We're going to church today. We're going to go and get all the good things and receive everything God has for us. In uh, verse 2, renew your mind. Renew your mind by the Word of God. The more time you spend in the Word, the more time you spend with God, it'll change your way of thinking. You'll be thinking like God. You'll be acting like God. Your image will be the image that God has for you. You'll see yourself running your race. You'll see yourself following God's plan. You'll see yourself victorious. You'll see yourself as an overcomer. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen? Following God's plan is about people. As we follow God's plan... It's about reaching out to people, about ministering his word to people. And as we follow his plan, you know, he'll bring people across our lives. We'll cross people's paths that, that we've become connected to, like all of us here. We're here for a reason. We're here for a plan and purpose of God. And We've all come here. We've got connected. And we're doing the things that God wants us to do. And, that, and once you leave these walls with the word that God has for you and with the plan he has for you, you'll come across other people's lives. You'll be able to minister to them. You'll be able to get connected to them. And you'll be able to influence their lives. Maybe they'll influence your life. But that's what it's all about. It's all about reaching people. And you know what? There's people out there that are waiting for you. You know, we pray sometimes. We pray a lot of times. Lord, send laborers across their paths. Why not say, Lord, send me across their path. I'm a laborer. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Don't just put it off on somebody else. You do it. Amen? And follow God's plans to the teeth. Amen.